It's the Pizza Party Podcast, Halloween edition, I guess. I'm Pan Pizza. Who are you, people? Ooh, I'm the ghost of Ken. Ooh. That's too soon. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, Rude. too soon. Wow. Is Jim. I'm wow. What the fuck? Well, um, sorry, everybody, but Ken, Ken's dead. This is the first episode without him. Yeah. This is the post-Ken era. He's in a, um, he's in a worse place. <laughs> Image Comics. I think we should all have a moment of silence. You suck! <laughs> and we were supposed to have a guest today, but I overslept because I was editing a uh, Gem in the Holograms movie review. I edited, which came out a few days ago. Well, I edited that in like under 48 hours, which I'm kind of proud of, but I lost so much sleep. But yeah, that movie was a disaster. I, I also saw that movie on very little sleep, so... I feel like that's that kind of movie. <laughs> I was just about to say. <laughs> it's like it's like the, the no sleep movie where you're like, what's the point of life? Why am I I'm doing watching this? this movie? What's this Taylor Swift song playing? I'm uh, what's going on? Like, yeah, just to repeat what I said in the review, it feels like an Ed Wood movie for teens. It, it feels it just it really felt like when MTV tried to make original movies. In the early 2000s, it felt like that. Like the Together boy band. Do you remember them? <laughs> no. They were a parody boy band. And they were like made, and then they made music videos that would play on MTV. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think one of them died of weird disease, oh. and then it wasn't funny anymore. Oh. True story. True story. Didn't make that up. Like TV movies have better production values. I mean, they don't like show footage of Google Earth with like the Google Earth logo in the corner, Google copyright on the bottom <laughs> like the Gem movie did. <laughs> go go watch my review to see what I'm talking about because it's pathetic what they did in this film for $5 million and basically no money. So like I mentioned to you earlier that the director says he chose to do it this way. And if he kept it under a certain budget, they'd let him do it this way. But I kind of think it was like a subconscious. It was like a conscious way to make something like, you know, the Masters of the Universe movie where they like totally butchered the adaptation. But instead of doing it, sheeped it out, instead of doing it like where you do it cheaply because you don't have the money or technology. He like did it on purpose, (laughs) which I think is even weirder. Like, For those who didn't see the Masters of the Universe movie, the He-Man 80s movie, uh, it, partially it takes place in like this medieval fantasy world called Eternia, but most of the movie takes place in modern day where He-Man gets transported because they didn't have money, I guess. Yeah, and uh, Courtney Cox was there, and it was really weird. Yeah, it was. <laughs> oh, but <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but like this movie, I feel like the director for Jem was just, I don't know, covering for the studio. Like the studio said, look, uh, defend this movie you have to or we'll kill you and oh said, you know who oh sorry and have the director say? just say uh yeah this is exactly what i meant for this to happen you know this is how i wanted a gem movie to be done in the most cliche stock way possible um from all the little things i've seen i kind of like how it looks like an 80s movie but after hearing all this i don't think that was intentional no no it doesn't intend it you know actually who helped produce it was uh uh, Blumhouse, who does all the horror movies like Insidious and stuff. Yeah. Oh, so that's why it looks so cheap looking. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He actually, the two of the girls, Kimber and Aja, were both in Insidious Chapter Three. So they probably were just like, "Hey, since you're already here, what if you made another movie too? That'd be cool, right?" <laughs> oh, that sounds like fun. Yeah, let's do it. It's gonna be great. I'll get my Windows Movie Maker. It was. It, it was pretty. <laughs> 
Uh, it's just that I'm curious what the gem fans who are in this movie thought of it. That's what I'm curious. About. Like, I, I guess they're kind of thankful they're in a movie, but like they wish they'd be in a better movie. No, I like I like to think that there are going to be some really hardcore defenders of this movie. No. Oh, there there are there are people who are defending it, saying like, well, it's about girls being in a band, and I was like, no. that's. That's what? not an argument. Those but. are just people who secretly work for the studio trying to defend it. Well, you know, there is a good movie other than Josie and the Pussycats about um, a girl band. It's called uh, Ladies and I think it's Ladies and Gen- Gentlemen, the Fabulous Stains. That's an awesome movie about a girl band. Like, just see that. Don't see that. <laughs> it's like the Fabulous Stains. <laughs> oh, this looks super 80. Diane Lane. It's it's really good though. It's like and it's actually more about um, being a band and selling out and artist integrity better than this fucking movie did. Um, and it, and it was an actual good movie. So. This girl looks like yeah, um, the fabulous. I'm, I'm looking up the fabulous stains and this girl looks like a mix between Jem uh, and Lydia Dietz from <laughs> Beetlejuice. Yeah, it's a cool movie, but that's like. And people were trying to compare it to Josie and the Pussycats. I was like, just no, sorry. Uh, it's not like Josie and the... I mean, I didn't notice any parody or satire in it at all. I mean, Josie and the Pussycats at least had fun with the idea, but, like, Jem took itself way too seriously. Yeah, well, that's the, that's the other thing. Is like, it was a soap opera. Like, soap operas, you go ridiculous or you don't. And Jem <laughs> was, like, not ridiculous enough for Jem, you know? No, it was just like, standard teen movie. I just didn't that's if someone could just explain to me who that movie's for. I just that's what I want to know. I just really don't get it. Teens. Well, it's not because no teens were there. Were teens there when you saw it? Uh, just because no teens were there over at your place, Jim, doesn't mean that they those. <laughs> I mean, Sorry. my theater had six people total, like four of them. Okay, four of us were me and my group friends, and uh-huh. <laughs> like no one showed up. It was opening day Friday. No one was there. What a mistake. But yeah, you want to get into the news? Oh, the next video? I think I'm going to release it early for Halloween since it's top five Halloween hidden gems and Halloween's on this Saturday. Otherwise, I'd release it on Tuesday, so I'm not sure. So yeah. What's on the list, Pan? Uh, that's a spoiler, but I said I mentioned Repo in the moot in the... In my gem review, so yeah, I talk about Repo there. So, n- news? Um, news? I don't have any more news-related jokes because I'm just used to hearing Fox News all the time, so that's the only one I can really make fun of, but <laughs> pretend there's a news joke in here, everybody. We're all just <laughs> jokes. <laughs> oh, that's, that's dark. This is Rayman. This is a man called Ray. Rayman is the star of the action-adventure game Rayman 2. Ray is not. Rayman can shoot, swim, swing, fly, and even water ski. Ray cannot. Rayman has friends and enemies in dozens of epic worlds. Ray has a sister in Florida. So, remember, it's Rayman, not Ray. Rayman 2 for Nintendo 64. Let's see, News 1. Hey, you guys like the rabbits from Ubisoft? Um, I'm gonna say no. Rayman's raving rabbits. The robot chicken riders are going to make a hybrid live action and stop motion movie of rabbits. You you, you wanna you wanna take a minute to enunciate your words there, pal? Rabbits. Yeah. I mean, it's like, hey, the Minions movie was successful, and like the the rabbits were the original Minions for video games. You know, 
Mm-hmm. But the oh, one thing geez. that's interesting is that it's stop motion and live action hybrid. So I guess that would be kind of interesting. Why, why stop motion of all things? I mean, I get why because of the comp from a comp because the companies do, doing it does stop motion. But like why that stylistic choice? I don't know. But hey, so this is kind of sort of the remake to Monkey Bone. Monkey Bone. Is Henry Selleck involved? No, it's the robot chicken uh, animator. So you can you can. Uh, oh, so it's really the sequel to Helen back. <laughs> yeah. So expect some choppy uh, stop motion animation. I hope they make lots of inappropriate sex jokes throughout oh, it, just like in Helen back. No, it's it's gonna be well. It's just gonna be the rabbits going or whatever sound they make. You know what would be infinitely sadder if Laika did the movie? Laika. Oh, that's that's when they would sell their soul. What are they doing now? Aren't they doing something? I don't know, but the good thing is Leica is owned by some, I think, someone who owns Nike. So it's like, here, guys, I, I make all this money uh, make, uh, selling Nikes. Uh, here's all this money. You'll be around for a, a long time. I think Leica movies, like, make their budget back. I don't know. I think they make a little bit over, but not too yeah. much. I think Paranorman. No, wait, not Paranorman. Uh. The box trolls bomb since that was boring. That was, yeah, that was not great. Coraline did really well. Yeah. Maybe they just saved all their money from Coraline. Oh, I was at an HEB uh, supermarket here in Texas, and I saw like a knockoff version of Coraline called Carolyn. <laughs> I really thought it was going to be Caroline. <laughs> no. Carolyn? Carolyn. Like I should have, I needed to like look that up and find like a, a rip of that movie, see how bad it is. But yeah, robot chicken riders. So no one cares. Hey, no, not really. Hey, what do you guys like? The Lego Movie. Yeah, yeah. Are you are you talk, gonna talk about that one ride? Oh well, I don't know about that, but they're gonna make a Playmobil movie. Playmobil oh. robbers, thieves, and rebels. It's gonna be seven eight million dollar budget, and it's gonna come out two thousand eighteen. Wait, how much money? Seventy five million. million. This Lego movie was made on sixty, right? Wait, how many times? How many times a gem movie is that? I'm gonna do the math. Hold on. <laughs> well, okay, well seventy five times five, so like. Uh, Five times five. Fifteen. It's yeah. fifteen times a gem movie. Yeah, That's we, how many times. They could have made fifteen gem movies on this budget. Wow. Wow. Yeah, but like Playmobil, that's that's like the poor man's Lego. Like, why not make a Mega Blocks the movie? <laughs> sure they're developing it. There there there's Minecraft and then there's like Roblox, which is like the cheap ass version of Minecraft, which I think Roblox came first. <laughs> but you can tell someone is ten years old if they have a Roblox icon. Damn. Just think how pissed off the Roblox creators are now that fucking Notch came along. Just like, hey, what's up? I'm going. I don't. I don't know what fucking accent he has. Uh, Mind I, if I craft right in? Boo. Yeah. Boo. Playmobil. Like, who cares? I used to play with Playmobil all the time with my brother when I was younger. Make a GoBots movie I, while you're at it. I, well, you know why they won't? Because Hasbro owns GoBots. Hmm. They're not going to compete against themselves. Like, I thought that for years. Like, why isn't there a GoBots movie? That's like, I'm sure there's another studio who thought of it. And then they're like, who owns the rights? Oh, Hasbro. <laughs> did they buy that, out? They've got them. Did they buy them out? I think something like that. But they have the monopoly on robots that transform into cars. Mm, so they own the Rock Lords. Yeah, they do own the Rock Lords. Damn. <laughs> they could have one big crossover between all these. 
and include that one uh, building that turns into a robot from Big. <laughs> it's a building Maybe. that turns into a robot. How could this fail? Maybe that's the only thing anyone else has the rights to. So they'll make a movie called Robo 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 Building. Playmobil, are you excited that this film has more money than the Lego movie in terms of budget? So it's got to be better. What I'm wondering if is, is are they going to just rip it off completely and just like do a um, Playmobil that moved like actual Playmobil? Or they're just going to like do a really stupid stock adventure. That's what I'm wondering. I bet they're just going to do a stock adventure and it's not even going to take advantage of the fact that it's uh, their blocks. Like the reason why Lego movie was so great is because they took advantage of the fact that the Lego movies can be- the Lego characters can barely move around and they have no limbs or anything. Well, they animated it with Legos. I mean, not they put Legos in the computer, but they're all existing Lego. They only had to make a few things. And it was funny and silly and had a, a good energy. Like Playmobil doesn't really can't really do what Legos could do. Yeah, I'm like the whole reason the Legos move like that. It's a plot point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, th- there's Ninjago on TV and all those other Lego TV specials, and they don't they don't care. They don't take advantage of the fact that they're Legos. They they move with limbs and such. Like their 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 bodies are made of rubber, basically. Like that's they're just they're just a, a random story that happened to look like Lego characters. Mm-hmm. It has no reason to be Legos. Yeah. So I think that's what they're gonna do with the Lego with the Playmobil movie. Just make a film that happens to look like Playmobil. Mm, lame. Yeah. I can't wait for that to bomb. Yeah. No one's gonna care about this. Okay. In, in 2018, I'll be too into watching Star Wars Nine or something. Nine. D N. Other news. Hey, you guys like Monster High? Oh my God. Not this shit again. Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> they have such great fashion, and it teaches you to be yourself, and... Just get on with it so we can move on to the next th- point. Th- there ain't no honky-ass white uh, monster girls. They're all, like, green, brown, red, all those inhuman colors. Get to the point! Okay, well, DC Nation, <laughs> everyone's making their own uh, Monster High knockoffs, and DC made their own superhero girls and follows up. Catwoman, I think, and Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy all in school together. Yeah. Did you just post this news just so you could talk about Monster High some more? Yeah. yeah. Oh, is the, boy. Ghoulie is the best. And also Skeleta. She's a skeleton, but she's uh, she walks around. She's a sugar skull. Well, she's not a sugar skull. She eats sugar skulls, which is kind of fucked up. Great. Okay. And one last thing. Uh... Remember that indivis Okay, remember that game I talked about last week by the Skull Girls team Indivisible? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah well, no. it's, it's not doing very well, and I don't know. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure if this is true or not, but a lot of people are saying that if this thing bombs, uh, the, the company Lab Zero might go under the kicks the no. Indiegogo crowdfunding campaign. Uh, currently, it's at 30%. Wasn't Skull Girls really success- successful? Yeah, but I guess... Hunt one okay. It needs one million five hundred dollars. I'm mean, one one million five hundred thousand dollars. What I don't understand is where did that money go then? Oh, there's a lot of issues that happen behind the scenes at Skull Girls. Like originally they were published by Konami, and there was like a lot of infighting, and eventually uh, they split up, and then people had to reinstall Skull Girls, um, but it without the Konami name on it on like the uh, PSN and Xbox Store and. 
there were so many issues that happened, and they had another Kickstarter to fund more characters, which animation is really expensive, and uh, considering how how detailed these characters are with the shading, I can see how they uh, they can easily blow their money on so few characters with such expensive budgets. Hmm, but I don't know, I think the reason why this individual Kickstarter is failing is $1,500,000 second, I think, that My Little Pony fighting game, Herds, Them's Fighting Herds, took its thunder. Mm-hmm. Because it's another fighting game with a Skullgirls engine. So, I propose a plan. I think this is how we could save Indivisible. Like, this character, she's pretty boring. Like, there's nothing interesting about her. So, what we gotta do, we gotta include, like, breast physics. Are you gonna make a joke about how she has to have bigger tits or something? Yeah, we gotta do that. It's the only way. We gotta have breast physics. Like, you know, like, she has to get power-ups. And, like, the power-ups are, like, popsicles. And, like, she picks up the popsicles and she, like, sticks them in their mouth. And she just, like, slowly uh, Um, eats the popsicle, you know? The, The more damage she takes, the more clothes she loses, you know? It's, you know, it's empowering, you know? It's gonna work. It's gonna work. So yeah, that's my ideas. Like, you got any ideas? Like, maybe like I, I would have more ideas if this joke was actually funny. Oh dear! <laughs> you know this, this could happen. This is what they could do. It's the only way to save uh, Lab Zero. But that's fucked up. Like, an entire company is resting on a crowdfunding campaign. Yeah, they're probably not the only one. Yeah. So, you want to get into the topic about Halloween? I thought we were going to do a Q&A. Oh, yeah. I don't even know anymore, but hey, Halloween's still here, so might as well like mention any Halloween things with Saw. Well, we, uh, I, I wasn't prepared for talking oh. about Halloween. I mean, you've seen a Halloween special at some point in your life. Such a oh, broad okay. topic. Yeah, there's a... uh, oh, I, I mean, uh, oh, the Garfield one. That's like legendary. Garfield's Halloween Adventure, sponsored by McDonald's, where it's a good time with Ronald and his friends. Garfield? Oh. You know the Garfield? It's a good one. The Halloween special. My mind just went to the movie of Garfield. (laughs) Oh, no, no. It's it's like the cool thing is, is it's actually scary. (laughs) A Garfield thing that's actually scary. Yes, I'm serious. I watched it last year. I was like, wow, this is like, because Garfield and Odie go trick-or-treating and then they like get in a boat and go to this like weird haunted island and they actually made the evil guy, they they made sure the animation looked different from Garfield and Odie so it seemed off and spooky. It was cool. I'm not joking. um, Maybe I'll find it so I can, you can link to it and stuff, but it was good. What's it called? Just Garfield and Halloween? It was like, uh, geez, I Garfield's Halloween Adventure. This reminds me of the canceled Garfield's Judgment Day. What? Wait, what? It was supposed to be um, a really serious uh, Garfield movie, um, but um, Jim Davis was re- and it was he was really excited to do it, but he couldn't find anything on the project. So like, uh, he's going to um, so he couldn't like go uh, find anybody to uh, get fund the project. Sorry, I'm really tired, but. Yeah, um, I'm I'm actually doing a video with a friend, uh, Bedhead Bernie, and I'm going to be doing a top ten failed animated adaptions, and I think that's on the list. So oh, go wow. check that out, everybody. So is this like a grim dark uh, Garfield? Yeah, it was a two D animated grim dark Garfield movie where like a storm like rips apart Garfield's <laughs> house, 
And it, wow. I guess it was just uh, kind of the after effects of that. And it was supposed to be a more serious Garfield movie. <laughs> so it's Garfield meets the Terminator. I guess. Wow. But no, this this Garfield was when before it had a show, it was just specials and primetime. This is just a Halloween special. OK, so it's an older one that's in 2D animation. Yeah, but it's it's it was considered a spookier one. Like when I brought it up to people who watched it when it came on, they were like, "Oh man, that freaked me out as a kid." Yeah. <laughs> oh, that reminds me of the Angry Beavers episode. There was something really surreal about that one, the Halloween episode where they get transported into a bad 50s black and white movie. <laughs> and like oh, the, really? the Angry Beavers are like drawn cartoony, but like all the all the humans are are drawn like like you know in that 50s comic book style. Oh, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, I don't know. I, the one thing that still I think about a lot is the scene where this this big burly guy, well, the main hero of the '50s comic book, just picks up a bo- a bookshelf and tries to throw it at a monster, but it just hits this his love interest. <laughs> Can you just see her buried in a pile of just <laughs> of a of a of a destroyed cabinet, all these pieces of wood, and <laughs> just her arm just sticking out? It's like, damn, that's brutal. <laughs> I don't know. I just remember that in first grade. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess there's The Simpsons, but that's too many to bring up. Even I heard they made like a new uh, Simpsons Halloween episode, except it's not. It's uh, actually canon with the series. It's not a Treehouse of Horror episode. What? Yeah, they so did. Was there no Treehouse of Horror this year? No, it's like a canon uh, Halloween episode where it's a zombie. I think it's that's- a zombie episode, and I heard people actually really loved it. Oh really? See, I don't. I don't even know what's going on with The Simpsons anymore. It's like all anyone cares about The Simpsons anymore is the new is whatever new uh, couch gag there is, and that's all. Yeah, that's true. You know, the thing with Treehouse of Horror the past couple of years is when I try to watch it, they're not even parroting horror movies. Oh, yeah. It's just like here's a movie that was popular, and I'm like, what? Like yeah, like Mr. and Mrs. Smith. That's not Treehouse of Horror. Yeah, like they should be parroting like. It doesn't have to be a new horror movie. Like the old ones that were the original ones weren't newer horror movies. It was like Twilight Zone and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I wish they would just take classic like scary stories and yeah. do that stuff. That, that was when it was great. I feel like if Simpsons wanted to do like a parody like uh, anthology. An, I, yeah, parody anthology. They should just do something else in, in the year and just like have it be like Treehouse of Horror, but for other movies and then have Treehouse of Horror be animated. Story yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's a good point. They've done that for other things. Like I remember they had like a fairy tale sort of anthology and like stories of the Bible anthology. Oh yeah, they did. Mm-hmm. Or then the the thirty, what is thirty six films about Springfield? Uh, like when I was younger, I had like some class, some religious class on Wednesdays, and <laughs> I remember we had, we had to take some sort of test, I guess. And like the only reason I passed it is because I remember and the episode of The Simpsons where they parodied David and Goliath. <laughs> oh yeah that's funny god i remember when my parents made me sit through religious ed it was the most boring schlock ever yeah it's re- actually my mom only made me go as like a punishment if i was like really bad oh, so man. i went like a, I went like a couple times but then like later i was like it's like i don't think my mom realized she conditioned me to view religion as a punishment but whatever <laughs> whoops <laughs> I guess that's why, like, I I stopped ever going to church after that. Because I was like, well, that's like what you do when you're you're in trouble is you have to sit there and be bored mm. and listen to people preach at you. Yeah, church is like sitting around and 
for for an hour like oh but if you go to like my catholic mexican church uh you have those things where you have to put you you get on your knees and then pray and then you stand back up and then you sit down but then you go on get get on your knees again it's like an aerobics class but with church (laughs) yeah that's that's how it always feels now now i'm imagining the old man uh rabbi priest whatever the hell they're called and like a yoga get up and they're just like (laughs) all right everybody time to do the aerobics of the lord yeah i mean there was an episode of king of the hill where hank hill was trying to find a new church and he went to a mexican one and he had to do that it's like <laughs> is this only a mexican thing apparently i didn't know i've i was thought it was like aerobics mexican. What the hell? i know go. i know it's like I, I lived in mexico my whole life and now like about a uh, year ago i was thinking Wait, are piñatas a thing only Mexican kids do, or do all Americans do that? All Americans do. I did that as a kid, but it is considered a Mexican, I think, right? Same with the Selena movie. It's like, okay, this movie is pretty popular where I live, but does anyone else outside of, like, the the most southern point of Texas know of uh, Selena? Uh, Well... It it was a a big movie, but it wasn't probably not as big as that area because she was yeah. huge in that area, probably. Yeah, <laughs> I mean every single like Hispanics I know seen that movie. Well, almost everyone. Zoe didn't from the last podcast. She didn't see uh, see Selena. Like what the fuck? I did, but it was like in the nineties. Like I don't think I've seen it since then. Yeah, but like yeah. every like every time in school, like it's like, hey, it's we have free time. We're gonna watch a movie. It's always Selena. We're gonna watch. <laughs> really? Wow. Yeah. That's funny. This is the area I lived in. They couldn't. They couldn't come up with any other movie that would appeal to oh, Mexican th- viewers. That and Stand and Deliver. Oh yeah, Stand and Deliver's. I I don't mind Stand and Deliver. I I kind of liked it. <laughs> how do with, I with how do I teach these kids? Wait, they didn't. They didn't do uh, La Bamba. <laughs> nope, we never saw that. Oh, La Bamba's. It, it's it's a uh, yeah, because it's about Richie Valens. You'd think they'd do that one. Oh well, that stars the kid from Stand and Deliver. What's his name? Uh, you know that guy, and he's in a gang. I don't know. Is he on he's the cover of the movie? Yeah, he's on the cover of the movie, and you're always like, why is he on the cover? Because he's the coolest person yeah, in the movie, yeah, yeah. probably. Oh, but Edward James almost. I love Edward James almost. He's all. <laughs> he's almost an awesome. Per- no, uh, he, he's he's an awesome guy. Mm-hmm. I like that guy. Yeah, and <laughs> you can't be Hispanic without watching Stand uh, Stand and Deliver and Selena. Wow, we? that's a, that's a that's a school that's a school rainy day double feature. <laughs> what were we talking about? Oh, Halloween specials. Oh, I, guess. I don't know how we got to the topic of Selena. Hmm. Uh, church or something. Know. Oh yeah. Yeah, search. Any horror movies that you saw recently? Um. I mean, oh wait, Goosebumps. Well, Who's excited for Paranormal Activity Sixth Ghost Dimension? Is that six Ghost. or five? It's six. Oh, it is because marked ones is fight. Yeah, no one. You know that that's not getting in many theaters because they want to put it on VOD in seven weeks, and mm. the theaters were like, "We're not playing this crap." But it did better than Gem, so. Oh. oh, like they couldn't, I guess they couldn't call it the Phantom Zone. They had to call it Ghost Dimension. Yeah, I was like. No, they should have called it the Ghost Zone. And then it could have been like, whoa, Danny Phantom crosses over. Why go? <laughs> and Danny Phantom could have saved the family from the ghosts. Why go in the Ghost Zone when you could enter the Bone Zone? Ooh. Wait, you mean, you mean the, that store that only says, sells Jeff Smith's? Uh, bone comics 
Bone Con. I need to, I need to read Bone. <laughs> that looks like a good series. That would be funny if it was like a store and they only sold stuff specifically for Jeff Smith's Bone, and they called it the Bone Zone. They like it's a zone for Bone, and people are like, "No, not oh well." Do you have any Simon Max? No, we only have Bone. We only have Bone. <laughs> nothing more and nothing less. Uh, there's not. Any, I don't think there's enough bone stuff to make a bone zone. Yeah, I'm tired of this bullshit. Undertale making all these bone art. Listen, San, Sans is premium. He's great. Don't make fun of Sans. Tired of these white ass skeletons. I want some more sugar skulls and in a uh, media. Are you trying? Are you trying to insinuate that there are racial skeletons? They're, they're pretty white. I mean, they're not. They're clearly not sugar skulls, so they can't be Mexican because what's what's a sugar skull? It's something Mexicans eat, and we become sugar skulls according to Book of Life. Really? Oh wow! Something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I just was excited when Book of Life. I learned that when you die, you get unlimited churros. I was kind of yeah. And you get to hang around with the with the Adelita twins. Because you can't churros, you know. I just have to wait for that lady on the subway to sell them. They're, just, <laughs> they're not an everyday thing. Oh, you got <laughs> never. She has like a little bush cart full of churros, and they're always really good. Oh, <laughs> sorry, the churros messed everything. I I, ch- I churroed it up. Goosebumps, I think I was talking about, but anyone else saw Goosebumps? That's Halloween related. This Friday, what gives you goosebumps? I did, and it was not great. It was weird because I was never, I, you know, I was the right age for being nostalgic for Goosebumps, and there was one birthday all I got were Goosebump books, <laughs> but I'm, like, not nostalgic for it at all. Like, when I was watching the movie, I was like, this is weird because... They they didn't use like monster blood or any of the books that I thought were the bigger ones in it. Mm-hmm. And it was like not something I was like, I guess it's not something I really care that much about. And also the movie wasn't great, but yeah, it, uh, I don't know. I was never I read them when they were big and then it kind of just like left my brain completely. Yeah, I never I never read Goosebumps since I didn't read at all as a child. But uh, I mean, I was thinking like, wait, why are they making like this Jumanji comedy ripoff of Goosebumps. Shouldn't it be like an anthology horror movie for kids? Like, um, kind of like, um, Creep Show, uh, Trick or Treat, uh, something no. like that. Well, because, yeah, actually, probably. because X comes to the real world is the popular thing right now. Yeah, that's true. Well, it, it was a, a interesting idea. Like if they got a cooler director other uh, than the guy who did, cause it's directed by the guy who did Shark Tale, by the way. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> But oh, and oh, Gulliver's Travels. There's a guy whose filmography is literally Shark Tale, Gulliver's Travels, and Goosebumps. That's his filmography. I noticed, I, okay, there was a scene in the movie where Jack Plack, who plays uh, R.L. Stein's in the movie, he's being attacked by these gnomes and they tie him down. And I thought, is this some sort of like nod to Gulliver's Travels, that movie nobody saw? Yeah, I thought that too. Oh, you know what the crazy thing about Gulliver's Travels is the reason Emily Blunt isn't Black Widow. Well, oh, she she took she took down she uh refused to do the role for Gulliver's Travels. No, uh, Fox had her signed to a contract, and they made her do Gulliver's Travels over the Avengers. Oh, that's fucked. Oh, that's got yeah. to suck. Fuck 
them. So apparently it was like her role. And then Fox was like, oh, hey, we kind of forgot. We have a little stipulation when you did Devil Wears Prada. So you have to do Gulliver's Travels and you can't be in the Avengers. They took her soul away. Or maybe it was Iron Man 2. I'm sorry, Iron Man 2. But still, that's why she couldn't do it. Because Black Widow was first in Iron Man 2. Yeah. Just to declare that. But anyway, that meant she couldn't be in the Avengers. You get the point, wow. but they screwed her over. That yeah. sucks. Ah. I mean, I think it, it worked out. Scarlett Johansson's a better yeah. Black Widow. We, but I think we could have lived in a universe where Emily Blunt would have been uh, the Makoto from Ghost in the Shell. <laughs> if that's maybe. ever happened. <laughs> That possibly, but yeah, that's, that's, that really happened. Yeah. That's Hollywood. But yeah, I, I was, I was kind of hoping like, why isn't this Goosebumps movie, uh, an anthology horror film? But from what I saw, I, I enjoyed what, what we got, <laughs> although they do the kind of typical like love story where they just hammer it in, in the beginning. Like it reminds me of the movie clock stoppers. It has like the same cast of like main kid, uh, love interest and, wacky sidekick in a high concept comedy film yeah it's kind of, it's i don't know it was so paint by numbers it, that it, whole it's something about it felt early 2000s about it. but yeah, yeah it did. i enjoyed like, it what, and i like the was there a scene um on gulver's travels where jack black pees on somebody mm. oh i think there is no you're thinking of night at the museum i think no 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 no, no. it was in oh Gulf. this is a different peeing on sorry yeah like uh God, I don't remember, but it's like Jack Black was like, it was one of the little guys. I, I swear to God that happened. Oh, wow. Somebody in the comments, was there a scene in uh, Gulliver's Travels where Jack Black pees on the little people? Yes or no? <laughs> I Please think I remember know. something like that. Please, this is this is important. I just, I don't know. With Goosebumps, it's, it was also weird. I When I went, I was like, oh, well, it'll only be people my age because who remembers Goosebumps? And there are all these kids there. I was like, what? Like, kids like Goosebumps still? That was shocking. I didn't know that. Goosebumps was... Huh, what? Do they? Yeah. How do kids like Goosebumps? Well, I mean, hmm. parents parents will be like, oh, I loved Goosebumps as a kid. Let me take my kid. Well, none of the... I guess maybe that's it. It's like the same the Ninja Turtle effect yeah. from last year. Well, it's like, hey, once something is popular, like, the internet will never... L- let it live it down. Like there's forever till the end of time. There will be Ninja Turtle reboots and Transformer reboots and uh, Batman reboots. So, you know, Ninja Turtles is just a a universal thing at this point. Yeah. Because it's always been really popular and well-known. Yeah. By the way, um, when I went to see Goosebumps, like the theater was surprisingly dark. Like they didn't change the light bulb and the projector. Like did that happen with you, Jim? Because I, Oh, Actually, oh, I'm sorry. What were you going to say? Like, right. I, I remember some other reviewers, I think uh, Double Toast had mentioned that. And I thought, is the movie really this dark then? Or is it just the light the, bulb? There was a part where I thought the projector was getting darker, but it was clear when I was watching it. The, the scene where it's in the trailer where she's like, come on, scaredy cat. And they walk into that uh, that uh, amusement park that's in the middle of the woods for no reason. Um, and that part looked like they shot it what they call is day for night where they shoot something at day for night. It looked like they'd done that and then went into like shitty final cut and brought down the contrast. And like, like it was pretty clear. It was a, uh, like post-production thing that they just went way too far on. Cause there are a couple scenes like that where I was like, is my, am I going blind? What's going on? Like it kind of, 
I was like, what is going on? Like, I can they, I was surprised they'd pr- release a major release with stuff like that in mm. it. It was really poorly done. Yeah. Like, I mean, I remember, I mean, th- th- I've seen, I've noticed movies that do that where they, they clearly shot in the daytime, but they put like, I guess a blue filter or something over the footage. So it's yeah. so obvious. And especially because they have shadows <laughs> at night, it makes no sense. It's just, yeah, I, it was, I don't know, that movie was like, I did like, the, the the concept is at least interesting, but I didn't think they had enough fun with it. Like, yeah. it didn't really reference, because apparently they couldn't have a lot of the bigger Goosebump books because of budget, so the only big one was the, the um, dummy Slappy, mm-hmm. so, because yeah. they didn't, there wasn't the Haunted Mask, or, like, Monster Blood, I thought was the biggest Goosebump book, but wasn't they reference it but well, that was about it they hint to a sequel so we'll, maybe we'll see them in the next one because I, I i love these kinds of movies where it's like a group of kids uh fighting monsters at night yeah like um uh well i'll talk about one i saw recently a, a little later but like one thing that really concerned me about the goosebumps movie is like the, the scene where slappy like pulled jack black's pants down and you see jack black's testicles and uh, slappy's just slapping them for like what 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 movie did you see yeah what the fuck (laughs) what yeah you just talking about you just see jack black's testicles exposed in a pg movie and like for no that didn't yeah okay listen pan (laughs) that didn't that didn't happen minutes straight i'm gonna i'm gonna need you to uh stop and uh never talk again (laughs) it was 10 minutes straight of just like and like there was no no one laughing in the theater. Like everyone was just silent. And like I just hear like you have little really kid, weird dreams little, when you fall asleep during movies. Little kids crying, and like I heard little kids saying, "Mommy, I want to go home." And it was like such an uncomfortable scene just to see Jack Black's balls. Oh no! You know what? You're mistaking that. W- that was in the Gem movie. <laughs> oh no! I was in the Gem movie. They, took, they, they 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 unzip zipper and they just kept slapping his balls. No. Oh. oh yeah, I forgot. There's a character named mm-hmm. Zipper. But, oh, the one part, the best part of the Gem movie, which we didn't bring up, is when the Rio guy is like, "Sure, Gem's amazing. She's glamour, glitter, fashion, and fame." I was like, "I can't believe you did that." Oh my god! And they just—they couldn't at least. And then he went. He was like, "Look, Gem is amazing. She's truly, truly, truly amazing." I was like, oh, my God. Uh, like, they, at least they could have sung the, the gem theme. Like, at the end, I thought they were going to say, you know, all this fame and stuff has gotten to my head. But one thing I know is, I'm Gem. Gem is the name. And, like, I wanted them gem to do that. Gem. Like, like the, the Goopy Gooper scene in the SpongeBob movie. I wanted them to do that, but no. No, they didn't. Fuck it. Oh, uh, well, whatever. Sorry. That movie was so ugh. cheap. They didn't yeah. give a shit. <laughs> It's so amazingly bad. Go watch the video that I uploaded a few days ago of my gem movie review. It it, it finished fifteenth at the box office. Oh, that sucks. I think it made. Hold on, hold on. Oh, it made one point three million dollars. Hey, it made one fifth of its budget back. That's it. It, it didn't beat it didn't meet the Maze Runner the Scorch Trials in its sixth week of release. Wow, more people were watching the Maze Runner after six weeks than Gem, this new movie, the, the opening weekend. And Gem was in over twice Jeez. the amount of theaters. This is sad. 
It was a pretty historic bomb. Yeah, I mean, it, it's worse than Dragon Ball Evolution, honestly. It, well, it's, I don't know, it was just like, when I was watching, I was like, it was hard to even review it, because it was like, I was like, God, there's like, you could really pick apart this movie and how awful it was. I mean, it's not as bad itself as Strange Magic, which is still the number one worst movie of this year. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone can dethrone Strange Magic, but it's pretty high up there. It's just like... Like, it's a bad teen movie and a bad adaptation mixed together, and then there's other bad things. It's like all these bad movies came to – it's like the Avengers of bad thoughts or something. It's just like – it's like unbelievable how many bad ideas are in this movie. Damn. Uh, Crap. You know, I maybe I should see those – maybe those Justin Bieber documentaries are, are just like this. Oh, but – Speaking of movie adaptions of cartoons, you know they made a a Borish and Natasha movie without Rocking Bullwinkle in the 90s? What? Yeah. What? Meanwhile, Boris and Natasha plan the demise of our hungry heroes. Hey, boys, try amazing McBoris burger. Burgers are boring. Are not. Are do. Are not. Fortunately, keen to base skills and good taste prevail. Come on, Bullwinkle, we're going to Taco Bell. Oh, boy. Disaster is averted as Rocky and Bullwinkle run to the border for something really amazing. That one and only Taco Bell taste. Sure beat cartoon Okay, I was like watching like one of the like HBO like Showtime like channels and like Boris and Natasha like the villains from uh, Rocking Bullwinkle and they had their own live action movie in the nineties without Rocking Bullwinkle and it's like a spy comedy. It's it's really? like why not make a Gargamel movie? Like why? Who- they should make one. It's an origin story, but it's like an Oscar pick about how he's like <laughs> conflicted about being uh, Gargamel. Or maybe it takes his side. It's like Wicked, but yeah. with Gargamel and the Smurfs. Smurfs are actually bad, and they're ruining his property values. No, like he's got to he's got to like feed his family. Um, uh, sm- these th- the Smurfs. Otherwise, like his family's just gonna like starve to death, and he needs he needs to eat something, and the Smurfs gotta yeah. go. This is a good. This is all better than Maleficent was. Yeah. Oh, I, Maleficent was okay. Like I feel like the okay. I feel like the girl that she took care of, like, Sleeping Beauty, right? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like she was underdeveloped so badly. Like, they, she barely did anything. I just was kind of let down. It's like, if you're going to make a movie about a villain, why were you making uh, Why were you making it into a Maleficent into a good guy rather than taking advantage of having a protagonist be a villain for once? Turn into a dragon. It's like. It's like they kind of missed the opportunity. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. like why even you didn't make you didn't really make a Maleficent movie. You made like you changed it to make her sympathetic. Like I would, I don't know. I guess that's not like a big budget movie, but it's still like it did feel a little lame. It's like okay, I guess you can't do that. Fine, whatever. But one thing that irked me is like the scene where they capture her and then she just says to her scarecrow, "Like turn into a dragon," and that felt really out of place. How she uh, said that line. <laughs> Oh yeah, I remember that. But going was, going back to monster movies, um, this one movie that I was t- that uh is kind of like the Goosebumps concept of kids hanging around at night and a monster's attack is uh this British film, Attack the Block. What? What? No, Attack the Block's not. I mean, I guess I like Attack the Block a lot. It's really good. It's vaguely the um, same kind of sort of concept. Yo, check it. Lovely fireworks. Tsunamis, alien invasion. Of course it is. Let's get tooled up, blood! Quite sweet, really, aren't they? Mother 6. Thinking from the aliens. We need to get off the streets, back in a block. 
Got no credit. Got one text left. There's too much madness to explain in one text. We have to call the police. You'd be better off calling the Ghostbusters, love. Attack the block in cinemas May 11. I, I guess. Oh, because it's kids at night fighting. Monster Attack Man. the Block is is really good and has the guy from John Boyega who's going to be in yeah. uh, Star Wars. Yeah, the, the the sweaty stormtrooper guy you see in the trailers. Like, yeah, I, he's I, I, I don't he's know. really good in Attack the Block. Yeah, yeah but it, he always looks like he's quivering, though. His lips are quivering. He's just like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, like he's seen he's some shit. Lot, he's, he's a lot more confident in Attack the Block. Oh, God, this is what the fans are going to do to me if this, if this movie butt blows. Oh, God. I, I do like the idea. I do like the idea of his character, though. In every man, like clone trooper, just like all of a sudden, hey, you're a Jedi now, and he's like, "What?" Oh, uh, sure. Yeah, and he like doesn't get it. It's, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so attack the block is basically about these a uh, group of uh, <laughs> these group of like teens who are who also like mug people and are just like you know just try to fend for themselves in this in the hard streets of of London or something and an alien an alien start attacking and they say hey you want to go fight some aliens let's do this and that's the that's the whole movie and it's really good like it's it was done on the cheap also but it <laughs> it it's like very well executed cuz uh the director well the producers were of Shaun of the Dead but it has it doesn't have Sean Penn or uh uh other guy Sean Penn Wait who's wait who's who, who are the two guys from Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz you mean Nick Frost and uh Nick Frost and uh uh no I'm forgiving. It was embarrassing. Okay. okay, two guys who look like Dr. Ashens and Guru Larry, <laughs> basically. Anyway, so Oh Simon Pegg. Simon Pegg, Simon okay. Pegg. That's embarrassing. Who, who, who did I say? Oh Sean Penn. Sean Penn. Oh, I meant Simon Penn or Simon <laughs> I don't know. It's close well, enough. Well the guy the guy who directed Joe Cornish has helped write uh, he writes with Edgar Wright a lot, okay. so he's he he helped write Ant Man, but yeah. uh, that didn't work out. But I think he also helped write Tintin mm. and a couple other things. I yeah. think. But yeah, like the they're not in this movie except for the fat guy. He's there for a few minutes, but like it's 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 these kids' movie, and I don't know. <laughs> first off, like it's such a low budget film, but it has like the most iconic, well, one of the most iconic uh, monsters in a movie. In recent years, I mean, like, think about the monster in Jurassic Park or uh, Super 8. Like, nobody... I, can you really describe what they look like or remember it? Not really. I mean, Jurassic Park was just, like, T-Rex with feathers, I think, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah, but, like, this is... it's Attack the Block has the most simple monster design. It's just a, a pitch-black gorilla with neon teeth and that's all and it, it's very no, effective. those monsters are awesome looking yeah. they're like so cool that that's a really i like that movie because it's like a um there's this john carpenter movie called assault on precinct 13 oh, yeah. that's a really great movie and um it's kind of based on old westerns but him and dread and uh the raid all take influence from that and it's uh kind of just a simple concept of people trying to fight their way um in one location and hopefully not get killed by this mysterious villain. Mm -hmm. And I think attack the box, like one of my favorites of that. Cause yeah. it's like, it's a cool concept, like to have a group and like, if you have good actors and good characters, it can really come alive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I heard a lot of criticism from this movie where um, people were saying, yeah, I can't re relate to this character. Cause uh, the, the first opening scene of these characters is them mugging some lady at knife point. 
But see, to me, yeah. that's true at the beginning. But I think that's the arc of the movie is at the beginning you don't trust them mm-hmm. and don't like them. And by the end, you like love John Boyega's character. You like He's like that end with the cool music and everything. Like it feels like this triumphant moment. Like you're totally on their side mm-hmm. by the end. Like it's a, it's a big arc. But I think it's like it's what makes the movie so good is you like go from not liking him to realizing what makes him tick and – really liking him and all that stuff or even the girl who gets mugged like she has faith in them by the end mm-hmm. you know it just takes the whole movie to get there. yeah and she still acknowledges like you did that and that makes it okay that you mugged me for that reason like yeah. they, they acknowledge it they don't just like brush it under under the rug or anything what, what nolan said in the last podcast saying people expect the characters to just be developed instantly the very first few seconds they are on screen mm-hmm. no that's that's true it's like it's hard to people always say like how come Hollywood can't come up with better ideas but it's always like yeah but if they did that it alienates so many people and when I talk to people who don't like attack the block that seems to be like they have a hard time getting over that yeah. how could someone who did something good have done something bad and it's like well he's more it's kind of more complex than that you can't just judge people on that one thing and they're not acting like him mugging they're not acting like them mugging her was okay at all you mm-hmm. know but I feel like by the end, I, like, love those characters. Yeah, and plus there, there's lots of movies and stories about, like, characters who are criminals, like Godfather, Breaking Bad, uh, Sopranos, and, like, I don't know. People have a well, problem is, with this one. This is, the only, this is the only one where it acknowledges that it's, that's really bad. Yeah. Like, a lot of those, it's like, they know it's bad and they kind of get into it. But this is, like, they really make a point that, like, that they know it's bad and they're kind of just being kind of total assholes you know so but still you you're on their side i don't know i love attack the block a lot it's like one of my favorites of recent memory and And i like john boyega a lot too so i'm excited for him to have a career john boyega's character malcolm wait um moses yeah yeah (laughs) okay so like they they give him like some moralities like there's certain rules that he doesn't do like he's certain people he doesn't mug and it's like you can give a villain like some sort of morals or like a, a a rule of ethics i guess and that makes them a lot likable like i guess predator would be the main example yeah there's a lot i mean there's a lot of i knew areas where i grew up where they like wouldn't mug certain people i i know but it's like such a it's not a a very well known film i yeah i was because there's a lot of movie press when it came out about it but then it kind of went under the radar so i I still know people who haven't seen it but i think it was it the cool thing about it is it's like a well-structured movie from the late seventies, early eighties, where they um, like what John Carpenter would do or Joe Dante or people who knew Hollywood history, but they're like, let's take that and put it into a modern setting. And that's basically what attack the black does. And that's one of the reasons I love it so much is because it's like, it's like an old cowboy movie, but instead of them fighting, making sure their forts. Okay. They're making sure their projects are okay. And it's like, the same concept. It's also really well done. You know? Yeah. So, sorry. I, like, really like that movie. And I guess also the language barrier, because sometimes the accents are too thick, but I had no problem with it, because I guess because my uh, my speakers are pretty good. I didn't have any problem with it, but if you put subtitles on, if you're I, I think, have a problem with it. I think that was the main reason why you never saw, like, a U.S. distribution in theaters, just because the accents were too thick thick maybe no it came out, i saw it in theaters mm. oh well i guess limited release because i didn't see it like in main uh full full distribution theaters 
I think they were trying to. That's when people had faith that, like, if you were a cult movie, you'd make money, which is like, like, yeah, okay, guys. Um, but uh, that was that that was one of them where they're really trying to do it small and hope it catches on, and it like kind of caught on, but like they didn't promote it. I don't know. They should have done a better job. It should have gotten a wide release because it's it's very. Um, digestible, like a normal person could totally be into it. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's a fun, simple movie that's executed really well. I mean, I was yeah. reading the trivia on IMDb, and they said that they cut out 15 minutes of script for budget reasons, which I can kind of see that because the movie's very short. And also, uh, there's this one uh, drug dealer that's that's following them around, and I kind of feel he's just like underdeveloped. Like we could have seen more from him. Oh, the the guy with the rap music and stuff. I guess so. The one who had a gun. Oh yeah, that's on the soundtrack. He has his rap songs right. on there. Yeah, he's yeah. Didn't he, didn't he go by his own rapper name within the movie? Oh, that's his own because that song's like I thought the, that was a joke because it's so bad. It's like because because he doesn't really rap. He's like fuck that shit. Oh, Get that clip. Yeah. like it's like it's like the cliche of rap. It's just so awful. <laughs> kind of like, like I'm tough, so you should like it. Oh, kind of like how in Ice Cube he always references, "Man, today was a good day." In every movie, like Anaconda, he did that. Um, he did it in Book of Life. Book of Life, he? yeah. Uh, he didn't do. He did. That should have been his cameo. It's Straight Outta Compton. Is is his son? Because his son played Ice Cube in the Straight Outta Compton, and he walks by. And he goes, "Wow, today was a good day." Like he should have been that scene where he was typing. You got knocked <laughs> oh, yeah. the fuck down and done. Man, today was a good day. Oh, that, that Friday scene is so funny. Where he's like, he was like, just writing Friday. Yep, just me. It's me, Ice Cube. If you haven't realized, I made Friday. I wrote it. That was um, just a star. I wrote it. Well, time to the watch first Nintendo. part of the first part of that movie is really good when they're NWA, and then the second part is like every biopic cliche <laughs> in the world. Where he's like, "What are you doing? Just recording doggy style?" And you're like, "Oh my god, really? Like you can't even." All right. Or the Tupac scene is super cringy. We're like, what are you doing? Oh, we're just recording California Love. You're like, what? Come on. Can't he be doing a B-side? <laughs> but like that 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 Tupac uh, actor in that movie, like that is he was spot on. Like, no, he was yeah. like, how, like, is that really him? What the fuck? Was he really hiding all these years? But no. <laughs> For all for they say it's just an actor, but we we don't we we don't have to believe that. Or did you see that Dave Chappelle sketch where it's like new Tupac and he's referencing thing that just happened? He goes, <laughs> "I didn't mean George Bush. I meant a governor in Minnesota. You probably never heard it." And everyone's like, "Oh, okay, all right, yeah, he's still dead." Like it's <laughs> it a good it's a good bit. It's not the funniest joke, but it's like it does feel that way because in the '90s they kept putting out new Tupac albums and you're like is he really dead like feels like he has a lot of material for okay they're scout they're just looking through his through his homes like ooh, this unfinished album let's release this they did have a lot like Biggie I think didn't have that much but Tupac recorded like a ridiculous amount old it's just <laughs> old VHS recordings of him at his uh, niece's birthday singing twinkle twinkle little stars let's release this yeah pretty I mean thing is like i don't get why people who have the estates of these artists do that because money like those well i get the money side but it wouldn't it hurt your bottom line because you want them to buy the albums that made them famous not like try to remake all like the tupac people put out a new album every year Mm -hmm. it was like way too much like it was confusing because you talk to people 
about what the actual Tupac albums were and they wouldn't know because they bought the last three that were <laughs> posthumously released. Like Jimi Hendrix had the same thing for a little bit. Yeah, I know people who don't even know the three. There's like four Jimi Hendrix albums that he made when he was alive. And I know people who don't even know what they are, but they've heard all his songs in weird uh, amalgamations. It's just like, what the hell happened, man? Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah. That was a rant. <laughs> so, Nolan, you have any Halloween specials you like? Monster movies? Uh, I, my favorites used to be the Paranormal Activity movies. Get the fuck out. <laughs> I like the first one. The first one was good. Well, it was a big deal when that came out because, like, they didn't have a mass distribution. They just had, like, this weird online campaign saying, hey, guys, if you want to see this movie that we showed the trailer to, uh... Write your uh, address here, and if there's enough demand, we'll uh, go to your your town and screen it. It worked. It worked really well. Yeah. I mean, but it's the the paranormal activity. The reason that movie works is it's just like you know something's going to happen, and it just keeps building and building and building, and then a door closes, and you're like, "Holy shit! What the fuck? What what is that? Something happened! Oh my god!" Like that's the genius. It's like the first time someone made a simple ghost story scary again. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, but you like know, I like I don't know. Did, like did Paranormal Activity started the trend of like uh, audience reactions through uh, <laughs> through night vision goggles in the theater? Yeah, that I, that was the first time I remember seeing those oh. in the in the TV ads. It's like now it was Paranormal Activity. Yeah. <laughs> now every horror movie does that forever until the end of time. They loved, yeah, they loved doing that. And they go, see how scary it is? Look at these random people watching a movie. Oh, I was listening to uh, Spill, or now they go by Double Toasted. And it was, um, Corey was talking about how he went to a screening of one of these movies. And at the very end, uh, I guess some cameraman came out and said to the audience, like, hey, w- please, everyone stay in your seats. We just need to record some reaction images. So everyone just, like, on, on the count of three, pretend to get scared and we'll record you. And you- maybe you'll be in the commercial. What? Yeah. Would that happen to you? Oh, no, that happened to the uh, this podcast I listened to, Double Toasted. Well, back, back when they were formerly known as Spill.com. Yeah. Jeez, that's that's crazy. I mean, I, I love that podcast, which I, I would, I'd be on it if, if I ever went to Austin, which is a five-hour drive from where I am. Well, Austin's supposed to be cool. I've never been, though. Oh, I yeah. wanted to. That's the hipster capital of the world, because hmm. I went there and, like... They had the Alamo Draft House. I don't know if you're familiar with this gym. No, I, I would love. I uh. I went to one once, but they're <laughs> gonna open one near me. I'm really excited for it. I love them. Okay, for anyone in the reading listening to this podcast who don't know what the Alamo Draft House is, uh, basically it's this theater, and well, one of the first rules is that no kids under like nine allowed unless they have a oh really parental supervision unless it's like after nine p.m. or something. So <laughs> that's good. While you're watching the movie, you have a menu, and they just they'll serve you food as you're watching the movie, like wings or pizza or something. And like before the movie starts, like I went to see it in like 2008, I think, when the movie Hancock, Will Smith's Hancock, was coming out. And if you could go to the movie early enough before the screening, they don't show trailers. Instead, they just show like music videos of uh of Will Smith's rap career. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's. They they're cool. They have they own the site um, Birth Movies Death, which is a great movie news site. Mm-hmm. And they also um, they do the release. They find old cult movies that no one's heard of, mm-hmm. and then re-release them and remaster them. And they put out like Roar and The Visitor, 
like a, a lot of cool stuff. They do a lot of neat stuff. I really am kind of waiting for it. There's going to be one in Brooklyn, I think, in the middle of this in middle 2016. I'm going to be like camped out for the first day or something. <laughs> I'm very excited. They have some rip. They have a rip off one in Brooklyn called. Well, it's not a rip. It's just the same idea. Uh, Nighthawk, which is good. It's a good theater, but mm-hmm. I, I I still want my Alamo Draft House. Wait, what theater was yours called? Oh, the one in Brooklyn. It's called Nighthawk. Oh. It's like the same. It has the food, mm-hmm. and AMC has one like a uh, AMC has ones where you can do that also, mm-hmm. where they'll come and like serve. You. I haven't done the AMC one, but Nighthawk's a good theater. Um, but uh, I know there's going to be an Alamo Draft House. So I, I I just like the guy who owns it is like a really if you ever read an interview with him, he knows like a lot about film and distribution. He's really smart. Mm-hmm. He's interesting. Yeah. I mean, anyway, sorry. <laughs> oh, but one thing this uh, Alamo Draft House did one time is that uh, they once kicked some lady out for, I think, talking. No, wait, having their cell phone on and talking loudly during a movie. And after yeah. they kicked her out, she called up the Alamo Draft House with this long ass rant message, and they used the audio of that message in a radio commercial, showing that hey, we don't deal with, we don't allow people who talk in, during the movies in the theater. So this could be you. Yeah, I was wondering if you guys actually enjoy treating your customers like a piece of shit, because that's how I felt when I went to the Alamo Draft House. Okay, you know what? I didn't know that I wasn't supposed to text in your little crappy-ass theater. It was too fucking dark in that place for me to find my seat, all right? I was using my phone as a flashlight to get to my fucking seat. So excuse me for using my phone in USA, United States of America, where you are free to text in a theater. I was not aware that I couldn't text in your theater, all right? I've texted in all the other theaters in Austin, and no one ever gave a fuck about what me I was doing on my fucking phone, all right? And it was on silent. It wasn't on loud. It wasn't bothering anybody. You guys, obviously, were being assholes to me, and I'm sure that's what you do, you know, to rip people off. You take my money, and then you throw me out. You know, I will never be... Coming back to your Alamo Draft House or whatever, I'd rather go to a regular theater where people are actually polite. And, it, you know, I'm going to tell everyone about how shitty you are. And I'm pretty sure you guys are being assholes on purpose. So thanks for making me feel like a customer. Thanks for taking my money, asshole. They got mad at Madonna during a 12 Years of Slave screening and asked her to leave. <laughs> what did she do? She was on her phone. Oh, uh, for 12 years, she's, a slave? Yeah, she was like, she was like, don't worry, it's boring. He's not a slave yet. Anyway, so I was saying, <laughs> don't don't worry, he's a slave for like 12 years. This oh, is going to be a while. Oh, that's awful. It's pretty sad. <laughs> oh. I, was like, I was like, that's like the worst movie you can, like, don't do it at 12 years a slave. Wait for the gem movie and you can like organize your checkbook during it or something. Yeah, but they were going to build one in my hometown, like the very most southern point of Texas. And eventually they just ran out of money. And now we just have like this Cinemark Bistro, which kind of has somewhat a little bit of the whole serve your food thing. But not really. It's pretty. It's like microwavable food. And it's just like, this isn't Balamo Draft House. This is a sham. I mean, there there's a lot of them that have done it since Alamo Drafthouse started, um, and they try they do a good job if it's like a kind of a smaller company. But I've heard the bigger ones can be shittier because, yeah. like you know, 
They're just going to give you the shit they have at concessions, but they'll bring it right to you. There's no soul to it. It's it's it was so lame. I'm like, I want my Alamo Draft House within driving distance. Hmm. But yeah. So, any last Halloween thingies? No, no, I'm okay. Okay. <laughs> I guess. Well, Sorry. I guess we can go into the questions. You guys want to take a break? For the Alamo Drafthouse Cinema, I'm Jay Riley, and this is your entertainment news. The Alamo Drafthouse Cinema is more than just a movie theater. You see, while you're watching the movie, you'll be able to order dinner from a full restaurant menu, and the food will be served right to your seats. So dinner and movie is now available all in one place. This is Jay Riley for the Alamo Drafthouse Cinema in Winchester, where it's more than just a movie. It's an experience. Okay, so questions. If anybody has a question, be sure to start out with the word question so it's easier to find and post them in the YouTube comments here. Wait, is this questions from the gem video or the last podcast? Oh, the, the podcast. The last podcast. Okay. Matt Lipton. Sorry, so make sure it's make sure it's a podcast video, people. Yeah. Podcast video. Matt Lipton <laughs> question. What's a good way to avoid procrastinating on drawing? Uh drawing. Um do it. No well no. Um that works for some people, but it doesn't for others because for me, yeah, having some having some background uh, stimulation also helps, but also it's really different for everybody. So you just got to experiment. Some people just like it's just you got to apply yourself and do it. That doesn't work for some people. Some people just doodle and let their mind wander before they'd actually get to work. Um, others play video games or take a break from it. One thing that also really helps is going for like a walk, like getting some fresh air really helps. Like, especially if you like to turn on some music, just walk about, don't think about anything. Don't think about, oh, I should be drawing right now. Just um, turn some music on, go for a walk, get some fresh air for a good 10, 20 minutes, then come back to it, see what happens. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's what helps me. I guess I kind of guilt trip myself into actually doing something because some days I just like stay up until like 4 a.m. And I think, man, I barely did anything productive today. I'm so ashamed, like... I don't know. I guess I guilt trip myself. Like I gotta do it now. I have to. And I don't. I think what helps is like you just play music, typically um, video game music that has no lyrics. That so it's easier to concentrate on uh, drawing. Yeah, li- lyric lyric video um, music really does not help unless it's like the type of lyrics where it's like super super uh, auto tuned. I want to say and like <laughs> so many effects you can't even tell what they're saying. I guess that's like an exception. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I mean, I just kind of, sometimes it's just like, I kind of will myself um, just to do it. But to be honest, like most of the time, I mean, as shitty as it does sound to be like, just do it. Like a lot of the times I'll just be like, if I just do it, it'll be better and all. But it's hard to, especially when you can't come up with an idea, you just kind of have to sit there and I don't know. It's, I have a hard time procrastinating, so maybe I'm a bad person to ask. I mean, at least, like, set a goal for yourself per day. Like, I don't know, like, if you're drawing a webcomic, like, I don't know, promise yourself you'll do one page. You'll ink one page a day at least, something. Have a goal for yourself. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's good. Just say, like, I have to do... A lot of times I'll be like, this has to get done today. And that'll, like, force me to do it rather than just you know not doing it i guess i mean <laughs> if you're like it's lying in bed and you can't sleep like you might as well work on something yeah and it's like it makes you feel better when you're like oh hey i did this today 
I mean, sometimes you can't get as much done, but if you, you at least work on it, it's better than not. But it's, I mean, I mean, I guess with drawing, you have to come up with the idea that you're drawing. So maybe, I don't know, production wise, I guess you'd have to think about how long it takes to come up with the idea and develop it and then draw it. And so it's, it's a whole thing, but you just gotta, if you work on it just a little bit each day, it's better than just writing it down, putting it in a folder and being like, one day I'll come back to it. And then the next day you're dead and you're 65. So you should probably, you know, just if you work on it every day, that's how anything I've done gets done. It's just like, I'm like, I'm going to concentrate on this. And when you do, you get a lot more done. So Mm -hmm. I get, I don't know. I feel like I'm giving really bad advice for this. Sorry. Yeah. For me, I have a lot. I have a weird case where it's like I just like bounce between a bunch of different things. Like a few days ago, I was working on a script for like uh, Shrek, the Xbox game. Then this uh, adapt this other uh, review I'm going to do soon. And then Jimmy Neutron script of the movie. And it's like I, I feel so unproductive just bouncing between all these different things. And then and then my comic and such. It's just ridiculous. No, that I have that problem also from like I'll work on a review and then like oh i want to make sure this tumblr is ready for tomorrow and then do this and that but then it's like, like you, you what like you guys freeze up because you have so much stuff to do it's like, yeah. well yeah it's like you get a bunch of stuff done but then you're like you're like oh but i didn't get this one thing completely done i just got five parts of five things done yeah, yeah that's those are two things we should probably talk about too um like break everything into small incremental bits don't focus yeah. on the whole picture like how I get through my 12 hour shifts at work is like I focus on getting to like um, I start at 11 and then I'm like, OK, I'll get to three o'clock because then that's when like a regular shift for me would start. And I get there and I'm like, OK, now I'm going to wait until I get on break and then I get on break, which is around like an hour or two later. And then I'm like, all right, got to get to seven. That's when uh, I start do actually closing the place down yeah. and then the rest just kind of goes by. Mm-hmm. Like I, I just, always. Huh? Oh, sorry. No, where were you? Gonna, you can finish. Sorry. But yeah, so that like breaking it into increments like really helps you get stuff done quicker. I mean, I, I look at it more like because uh, when I do like the, the Tumblr, I help run comic scans. I, I organize that weeks in advance uh, just so I don't have to think about it. And uh, sometimes I'll be like, well, I have to do this one thing and people are going to be talking. And so or I'm going to I kind of want to watch this show, but not really. So I'll do that and I can kind of pay attention to it. But if I'm editing it's like a different or if like my wife wants to watch something on tv that i want to watch also but i don't care that much about i can do that and so i try to think of like both what i can get done and when it's socially acceptable or yeah it's like you kind of have to prioritize and sometimes you have to go i can't get this review out now because it's just there's no way it will get done and get done well so i I have to just push it till next week or something. It's just like sometimes it just happens, but I try to work on stuff like once a day. You know? So it's just a lot of time. I think it's a lot of time management. Most people I know who do a lot of stuff, it's like their schedules are so mine's pretty blocked out. Like I'm doing this and this today and I'll get both of these done. But if I put like a third thing, then it's just like, <laughs> you know, then it gets all messy. Just prioritize yourself, like focus on one thing that's, that needs to be done the soonest and what's the most important. Yeah. Or time, if you're doing a review, uh, if it's an older thing, obviously you can wait. But like Gem, 
like Pan and I both came out with gem reviews this weekend because it's time sensitive because next weekend no one's going to be talking about gem. No. You know what I mean? It's like you kind of have to – there's certain things you just have to will it out or yeah. you come out with it three months later and people are like, what? No, I don't even know. So Yeah, yeah just prioritize. Like Jimmy, like Jimmy Neutron you were saying. I don't think you can wait a little bit and be fine. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know. Well, yeah, prioritize. What's the most important and work on that? Because sometimes I'm just like editing a video and I'm like, I feel like drawing right now. I'll put this aside. Which just focus on one thing and do that and don't don't stray from it. Yeah, I mean it's hard. It's hard because there's a lot of times I'll work on something. And go, well, I should message this person about this mm-hmm. thing, and maybe I should check out this thing that I'm going to do later. And you're like, you just really have to like be kind of like uh, put the blinders on and be a little uh, single minded, I guess. Yeah, but next question, El Tigre one four seven question pan where did the idea of emily vasquez come from and also is she based on someone or did you think of her on the spot oh i kind of know the answer to this one okay well it's a lot of weird things but uh basically emily's design because sometimes i just create the design for a character first and then come up with a personality later but first emily just started out as hmm i think it was with my scene friend i somewhat based it off her just her her, her looks, her hair, she had this kind of the same hair with the highlights and everything. And that's where the design started. But I, I was thinking, like, wait, what, what will be your personality? And I had no idea. But in one podcast, like, I just started saying, what's up, fuckers? And then everyone was like, pants, st- <laughs> stop saying that voice. It's like, no, I'm not going to stop. And then Ken said, Pan, get your little sister out of the call. And eventually I thought, Hey, that could be Emily's voice. Yeah. Where I got the personality from is I was thinking, hmm, well, she loves hot topics. So I was thinking back to like my hot topic days when I was in middle school, me and my cousin, like loving hot topic, Invader Zim, Nightmare Before Christmas. But I stumbled onto this mystery cartoonist who made a car- who was making a cartoon now. And they- people found her like embarrassing uh, Invader Zim blog when she was 14 and I thought, <laughs> this could also be useful uh, inspiration for Emily. So, yeah. <laughs> Emily's just a mix between a bunch of people. You're, you're never letting that Invader Sim blog go. <laughs> Look, it's like, wow. This, it, it's inspirational. I mean, like, everyone started out as a cringe lord, you know? Oh, okay. I can escape my cringiness, too, someday. I don't I don't think I don't think your later fame is based on your current cringiness though. <laughs> no. Sorry. I mean like everyone knows me for my cringe, so it's too late. I'm I'm the Tom Green of whatever I do. It's over. I fucked up. And then I eventually thought about giving Emily a, a twin sibling, uh Stephanie, who talks like this, and they love rave pants and glow sticks and they're also an artist who draws Sonic cartoons, but uh, you'll see more of that in Loki IRL eventually. Wow, that yeah. sounds fucking terrible. That's the history of Emily and a little bit of Stephanie, their twin, which they'll they'll hopefully they'll sing at the end of the podcast. Because last week, uh, last podcast, I was like busy with school. I was like, crap, I can't stop and just like find a song, sing it. But don't worry, I'll edit something in at the end this time. Yay. So let's see. Next question. Hmm. Pasta Gamer question. You guys and your your podcast got me through rough times in my life, so thank you for that. 
Do you guys have a favorite cartoon box set for DVD, Blu-ray? Mine is the time they release the pre-Comedy Central Futurama episodes in a giant bender head. Favorite What's the question? Favorite uh, DVD box sets or Blu-ray box sets? Well, why, why would I give a shit about a box set? <laughs> You're not a collector. You don't understand. I mean, well, first off, uh, thank you. Was it Pasta Lover? Pasta Gamer. Did I get that right? Pasta Gamer, thank you. I'm glad we, that happened, that we got you through that. Yeah. And I wish I said that less awkward. Um, <laughs> Good job, Jim. Uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, I like the Looney Tune box sets because you can't really watch those on TV anymore. And uh, a lot of like the older cartoon box sets, just because I've rediscovered like the early, the first couple of Mickey Mouses, I only saw through a box set. Which I actually don't own, but I've watched a lot of times. And the any of the older box sets that like you could only get a shitty VHS copy of, or the it's not a box set, but it's a great DVD. You can get a DVD of literally all the Fleischer Supermans mm-hmm. and stuff. I don't know. I think I like the older ones, but I like like the Critic DVD and those. See, these aren't box sets. I'm not giving good examples. Okay. Well, I prefer the box sets that are shaped like something special, like uh, the Big Lebowski's uh, box set. It was just like a, a miniature bowling ball that you unscrew and the DVD's in there. And I thought that was really cool. Mm. Hmm. But also uh, the Invader Zim complete series. It comes in the it's in the shape of the house. Well, it's. Oh, yeah, that is cool. Yeah, it's the. Yeah, it's Invader Zim's house, but it's, it also works as a shelf for the DVDs, a, a mini shelf. And <laughs> I need that, but it's so expensive. I think it's like $80 on eBay. I have, it's not a cartoon, but I have a box set and it's of the show uh, Homicide, Life on the Street. Oh. What? I thought you were going to say Johnny the Homicidal Maniac. Oh, no, it's just, it's, it was this like cop show, but it was the guy who made the Wires show before. Um, But he, uh. It, since they're like in cops and they're always using file cabinets, it's like a big file <laughs> in a file cabinet. It's kind of and boring. All the, and <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was okay. Never mind. That's like the only one. I have a few mystery science theater ones, but it's just like a metal box mm-hmm. and you get a little figure with it. Hmm. They don't really make DVD box sets like they used to, though. No. They used to make like a lot of them because DVDs kind of over, but not over. Yeah, whatever. We're going into the digital age, no more DVD box sets. Oh, but you can buy, I think, the entire franchise of Aliens and uh, and all the bonus features and whatever in like this giant uh, xenomorph head that acts as like the disc holder. Really? I mean, the DVDs are sticking out like buzz saws in a way. Oh, I see. The Jack Skellington one, I remember making a big impression on me because it's like, whoa. Nightmare Before Christmas. Well, this was after my whole Invader Zim, my Hot Topic phase, my Emily phase. It was like, oh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Like, I guess I saw it so many times that it just wore off on me. Hmm. But I'm waiting, like, how many DVDs is it going to take to store the entire series of The Simpsons so far? Oh, probably that would be ridiculous. You think it would get faster over time, but no. I mean, digital age now, so they don't. People are starting to care less and less about DVDs. I mean, they're starting to release movies on demand like a month before DVD. Yeah, I've noticed they are on digital and on demand before because I guess it's cheaper because you just like upload it to somewhere, you know. Yeah, it's over. I mean, not completely. They're still going to make that. They're going to Blu-rays will be around. But the problem with Blu-rays is the only people that buy them are people who want like Avengers movies and like collectibles. So eventually smaller stuff probably won't even be on Blu-ray because there's just like no one's going to buy a small movie on Blu-ray. 
Or they'll do burn on demand. I bet you that's probably going to be it for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, physical media. But oh, but speaking of, I guess collector's edition. Um, the video game Saints Row had the one million dollar collector's edition. It literally costs a million dollars. And what is it? The deal includes uh, a full size replica of the dubstep gum gun, a free chance at plastic surgery. Seven nights on top of the royal suite of the Bal Al Aqab Dubai, a first class flight to Washington DC and Dubai, Lamborghini, a new Toyota Prius with one year insurance, a year supply of car memberships, a week for two at the Jefferson Hotel in Washington DC, spy training day, capsule wardrobe, hostage rescue experience, Virgin Galactic space flight. They're gonna fly you into fucking space and the video game. What? Do you get all, all a DVD? A million, all this for a million dollars? That's a steal. Yeah, that is a fucking steal. <laughs> Whole like I, I'm. I don't think anyone ever actually bought it. Like, there's been no one who's actually spent the money on it. But yeah, a million fucking dollars. It's called the Saints Row Four: The Super Dangerous Wub Wub Edition, aka the Million Dollar Pack. It doesn't get better than that. Hmm, but next question. For you says, question. Have you seen death battle? Are there any battles with outcomes you dislike? Okay, first off, I've seen death battle. Second, I don't care about the outcomes. I'm not one of those people who write long ass rants about like, how come Goku- Goku said a fucking one! Oh, you scared me. Ooh. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> The warrior of the next millennium is the machine, such as the Terminator, the time-traveling metal assassin. And Robocop, Detroit's cyborg defender. He's Wiz and I'm Boomstick. And it's our job to analyze their weapons, armor, and skills to find out who would win a death battle. Yeah, like, when, okay, they're... So Death Battle is this show on YouTube by Screw Attack where they, where they animate uh, CG characters or sometimes pixelated characters of, of fighting, of, like, of crossover fights like Ninja Turtles versus Battletoads or uh, Spawn wow. versus uh, God of War, you know? And the, the biggest one was Goku versus Superman, the end-all thing. And I think it currently has like half dislikes and half likes on the YouTube channel. The bar is per almost perfect because <laughs> everyone's just mad at that uh, whoever won. Yeah, but anyone care about Death Battle and complain about it? Cause I, I watch it, but I don't. I'm not the. I don't complain about I'm it. So angry that Goku didn't win. Oh, freaking nerds! It's a fucking video. Who cares? It's like people who get mad at like uh, an IGN review or something. Like sh no one cares. Shut up. Which I'm. I think I'm saying that now, but I'm pretty sure if you go go look at a video of mine somewhere, there's gonna be a video of me complaining. Look at this internet reviewer complaining of giving this movie a score out of blank out of blank. What an idiot. So I probably shouldn't be saying these things. So death battle, anyone? Oh, I didn't. Nobody cares. Oh well, thanks for nothing. Okay, Sorry. Zane Powers question: Do you consider yourself cynical? You seem to shit on any YouTuber that aren't you. Okay, first was this directed to me? <laughs> I don't know, because this sounds a lot like it was directed to yeah, me. Go ask Nolan. That's his question. Nolan, are you cynical? I'm very cynical. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I mean, I don't think, we, I don't know. 
I don't think we're that cynical. You're not that cynical. I am. Oh, okay. I, I worry about... One... Pan's just kind of a... Uh, stuck in the middle somewhere yeah i mean I'm, I'm kind of okay with whoever now although you know what's sad for me is like hmm, well okay there's only two people that i really hate i won't mention it but i'm pretty sure everyone knows who it is and because i mentioned because i did a video uh a podcast video where i ta- talked about them but also i hate any of these stupid prank videos oh fuckers i hate all of them the ones where they take advantage of people and freak them out like there's there was this one prank video where it was like um this father and wife like the father makes it seem like he's carrying his son and they're doing i don't know he's he helps him do a backflip and he makes it seem that he uh dropped his dropped his son off the second floor balcony and the wife sees the what what's supposed to be the son falling (laughs) into the into the first floor and she runs down thinking her child is dead but it turns out it's just a stuffed uh dummy some pranks are fine but ones like that are too extreme yeah, even i wouldn't do that and i'm a and i'm terrible i hate the ones where it's like a social experiment where it's like would your kid leave with someone on a playground let's see like, <laughs> would uh, your kid okay. eat, would your kid drink the kool-aid let's find out no some of my favorites are place- yeah like placebos like like um, it was a video in class I saw and they're like, we did this social experiment where um, we put the same wine in a designer glass bottle and the other and, and then one in box. They're both the same wine. But let's see what people say. And then people who drank the uh, the bottled wine were like, this is sophisticated. It's smooth. It's rich. And then when they taste the box wine, they're like, eh, it's OK, but it's the same wine. Oh, yeah. And I like the that like social experiments yeah they did, they did the same they were at like a food fair with all these hipsters and like all they did was get some like cut up mcdonald's burgers and kind of like dressed them up to be a little more gourmetish and they just and took them to a food fair full of all these food critics and hipsters and they just fed them to people saying what do you think of this food oh, it's, oh yeah it's amazing delicious like do you think it's better than mcdonald's oh absolutely this is way better than mcdonald's Nolan, you think it's a, a placebo effect? Like they really do like it, or have, or they they just hate the brand recognition of McDonald's? The the it's real. It's strange because the brain, for as complicated as it is, it's really fucking easy to trick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there. Um, it's true that like, if you give someone water, say it's alcohol, they'll they'll get drunk. No, I, I, well, sort of, sort of along those lines. But um, yeah. it's also like another thing, like where uh, people who have lost limbs, they like. Um, they'll put the the other existing limb in front of a mirror and then like rub it and then like or like somebody will rub it and then their brain kind of is like, oh, they're rubbing the other limb that isn't there. And then it, like it'll start feeling better. And that's how like phantom pains are soothed. I mean, I, I see people do that like where one thing will be OK and something that's fairly identical will not just in terms of shows or movies. And I'm like, just because this is the perception of being more adult or pseudo intelligent people will like it but then something or like the whole adventure time regular show they're very different shows but adventure time got written up in like all these great reviews and was like this big deal and like regular show was still consistently good but it just took like no it didn't get the reviews that adventure time did and it's like i don't know if like to me the quality for a little bit was a little consistent but nobody uh, watch right. Re- no one gave regular show those kind of accolades that Adventure Time mm, got, yeah. especially early on. And it's like they're literally right next to each other. It's just that 
one, since it was in New York Times or something, is considered more intelligent. Yeah. And I think about, like, with movies like Oscar prestige picks, like, people always act like those are better than, like, an Avengers movie. <laughs> but, like, it's it's a genre, pretty much. It's very... Uh, it's very like calculated yeah. even more so than the Avengers. But since the Avengers is on a, a McDonald's cup, basically people go, Oh, that's not, that's not important. That's not um, as good because it's mass marketed. But uh, the imitation game is really important because it's about this important person. I think about that a lot because yeah. people really like the pseudo intellectual thing makes them feel more mature, but it that's not maturity. That's just, Oh, uh, easy answer. I, th- I just remembered. Um, I think for Don Bluth movies, like they focus tested the movies and in certain screenings, they put the Disney opening logo at the very beginning and audience liked the movie a lot more when it had the Disney logo than w- without it. For these. Really? Yeah. Where'd you read that? I forget. I don't know. But like it was, I think, for Don Bluth movies or one of the Disney competitors in the 90s. Hmm. That That makes sense because people let people let that go more easier when it's a Disney yeah. movie. I've noticed. Yeah. I'm at, although I met, imagine for a second, if home on the range wasn't done by Disney, even bigger bomb, probably, you know? Yeah. I mean, perception, perception's a big thing about how we take in media. I mean, like <laughs> would so many people watch game of Thrones if it wasn't the big deal? It was, mm, I don't know. I mean, I don't I I think about that with a lot of these bigger shows. It's like like how many people if it wasn't a big deal wouldn't be interested in Star Wars or the Beatles or Marvel movies or any of that. And it's like with when Adventure Time really blew up, I was like there's a lot of other great shows animated shows going on at the same time. How come people aren't saying there's an animation boom and it just seemed to be more like Adventure Time? And I was like what's going on? Like Adventure Time's not bad, but it's just like, why did this get to take all the attention? And it's just because it got better reviews, you know? I, I think it's also the same with, like, small cult movies because you feel like you're in an exclusive club. Like, oh, yeah, I know this movie, but no one else does. I'm so cool. Which I guess that's kind of like my drive for some of my videos. I just want to recommend people all these obscure things they probably would never have heard of if it weren't for me. Yeah. <laughs> no, that is a, a big thing. With That's why, like... Um, I read this thing about the band Soundgarden and they broke the Seattle thing a little too early. And so their independent album sold really well, but then their major label album, since no one wanted to buy a major label album from them because it was selling out, they sold the same amount as their minor label album, but it was literally to different people. Because to them, that was bad. So they actually didn't have initially a huge success because they were considered sellouts. But then after Nirvana happened, it was okay. So then they started selling more albums, which I was like, wow, that's like the most dumbest. That's like the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Just because they had more money to record, you didn't like them. Freaking mainstream non-hipster bullshit. Just like what you like. Don't get so hung up on that. Yeah, we went on a real tangent from... I don't even know. Yeah, sorry. We've been doing this a lot today. (laughs) I don't even remember what the original topic, what the question was. What was the the one early on we had? Something about prank videos. Yeah, we. (laughs) Sorry. I feel like this is my fault. (laughs) Yeah. I like when we go off topic. It makes it more interesting. Yeah, we're like, that's that's our thing, man. We're like, we're like, we're like the jazz music of podcasts. (laughs) Oh my god. 
<laughs> Sorry. Oh, this, <laughs> oh, well, next question. I guess two final questions. Okay. Okay. Haley Coloran. Question. Hey, Pan, do you have any advice for anyone who wants to start their own webcomic? I'm inexperienced, but I've been designing characters and writing plots. But honestly, I have no clue where to start. I'm looking for some advice. Thanks. Okay, well, go back to my, I think, pilots video number two or three where I'm talking about this pilot called Blackford Manor. Like, make sure when, when you're writing a comic or anything, don't try to cram as much details in the visuals. Just... Make it make it stand out as like a silhouette, like yeah. in a plays and theater. Like the actors have to stand in a very specific way so that their silhouette, uh, you can tell what their silhouette is, is and what emotion it is. Like, <laughs> you know, I don't know how to explain it, but I, I would say if you're developing something that's animated or drawn, spend a long time developing it yeah. so that when it launches, you like feel really comfortable making it. Like you know the character. That's is any cartoon I've ever worked on, we spent like a year spitballing and thinking and, you know, it's like, it's good when you, like Loki, sorry, like Loki IRL, you worked on for a while and then you could just put them out. It's like, I think it works better though. Yeah. Well, with Loki IRL, like I never done a web comic or anything before. Like I, I've, I've drawn like maybe one or two page comics before, <laughs> but Loki IRL was like, I had to go back and change a lot of things. Cause in the process of making a bunch of them at once, uh, I learned a lot. So I had, so don't don't assume that you know everything automatically because you're gonna keep learning things, especially if it's something yeah. that you've never done before, like like a web uh a, a web comic. Hmm. But also like when you do have a web comic, just uh have a consistent date on when you're gonna release them. Like if it's a if they're standalone standalone uh comics, like a, you know like a Sunday comic, you can release them like individually per week but if it's like a story-based comic maybe bundle a few pages or whatever together as much as you need that way it's easier to follow i don't like commenting on stuff that i'm really not um proficient at or anything like that so that's why i've been quiet but um i guess the one thing that um that hasn't been mentioned here that i kind of know for a fact you should do is uh have a direction don't just go in without knowing where you're gonna go what the ending will going to be at least have some points set up so you know where you're going well i basically have like a an outline of what's gonna what major events are gonna happen now i just gotta make filler on what happens in between those like all right i know how loki irl that's is a, gonna that's end a good way to sell comic huh? <laughs> i said that's a good way to sell your comic <laughs> i mean i'm serious this time i know where loki irl is gonna end like what how they're gonna be at the end of the story what like if it, if it were animated like what song they would use it's from a tony hawking but no one will know yeah if, unless, they, uh, unless I mean, you just said it so what? <laughs> You kind of just said that it's going to be a Tony Hawk song and nobody's going to know. There's like but 10 now billion. There's like, there's like so many Tony Hawk games and so many songs in each one. Like no one's going to guess it. Tony Hawk song. Yeah, that's like. Tony Hawk song. That's like saying this song was featured in a now that's what I call music compilation. So it's one of those, you know, no one's going to know. But yeah, I basically have planned out this little in between things are not there. Yeah, it's going to be cray cray. But hmm, other things that I recommend for when you're starting a webcomic, know what your characters are. Like, write down who your characters are. Otherwise, you're just like thinking, wait, who did what again? Who did this? And by that, you mean um, what ca what their personality is, what they do in the story, etc. Yeah. Yeah. 
Don't focus on what they do. Focus on what they're like. Like, if they were in a situation, how would they respond? So basically what you're saying is develop the characters. Yeah, don't, don't, yeah. don't make a chosen one I, story. I.e. what every fucking story should do, period. Yeah. Well, just I would say just develop it. But you will notice right when you start making it that, like, all this stuff's probably going to – you're going to be changing and be be willing to move with the whatever it is. You know, the property, I guess you could say creatively yeah you know? but like um one thing that pe- people always ask themselves is like okay is my art good enough to start doing this story or should i wait until my art gets better and do it you're not going to get better unless you actually do it so you might as well do it i mean look at how a lot of web comics started out like <laughs> like um uh look at the first uh penny arcade comic it looks like shit and it was done in the 2000s i think you'll learn so much more just doing it than than second guessing yourself and if you have an idea you really feel like you're not like um competent enough to do yet then i guess try doing smaller things first just like maybe even work on fan stuff just like if you want to write stories based on other characters do that it's practice i mean it it hones your skills yeah make like make like a like a three-page comic or something, just like a short, a short story, or just yeah. a joke yeah. comic. I don't know. Yeah, and pre- get, like yeah, like I said, if you feel you're not ready to do something yet, then just work on something else, and then when you until you feel you are ready. Mm-hmm. Next question. I think people will focus on like if it, if the story is good rather than the art more often. Having said yeah. that, hmm. um, there's this web comic. There was this web comic called One Punch Man by One. And um, it got it was um, it wasn't drawn well, but it was written so well that um, a manga artist um, Yusuke Murata, I think his name is. I'm too lazy to look it up. Sorry, somebody put the uh, real name in here. But anyway, um, he adapted it into a manga, um, and the the same guy who wrote the webcomic wrote the story, but the it was drawn by somebody else under the same name, One Punch Man, and now um, it's a. Uh, award-winning manga and uh, anime series so a good anime series. i like that show oh you watched one punch man yeah i got into it i really like it i'm really i like the cartoon i haven't read the comic but i like the cartoon a lot like uh, especially the first episode's really good mm-hmm. but the others are are still good it's a good show it's on hulu but it's and it's free i don't have a hulu account it's, yeah. it, it keeps letting me watch it but it's good you know. Yeah, a lot of animes were were based on um, web comics too, like uh, Sword Art Online, and wow, uh, good. That's that's really reassuring. I think there was something. I forget there was something else. I think hmm, something that had a Kickstarter recently or something. Wasn't Ruby like a completely independent thing? Or well, Ruby's just a CG animated thing that's by Rooster Teeth. It it didn't start out as a manga, but they're gonna make a manga of it pretty soon so now it's officially anime sort of kind of a little bit okay okay but and for anyone who talks about ruiz look look waishni is not some generic miku miku dance anime girl okay she's rich and god next next question dj <laughs> dj <laughs> Tibukurisio. Final question, I guess. Question, what, what are your favorite cutscenes from a video game? Mine is the last cutscene from Halo Reach. Blank, Dine, and Saints Row. Spoilers. Blank, Dine, and Gears of War 3. So you guys have a favorite video game cutscene? Um, 
Not really. Yeah, Jim doesn't play video games. <laughs> what about the, all those? I, I, what about the most simplistic classic ones like "Rise from Your Grave"? I like. I do like the opening to Turtles in Time. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's like the only people are like. Wow, that's the only game you play. But that's yeah. That is the only game. I like. I mean, I like cuts the cutscenes of the newer stuff that I've seen, but I can't really specifically call on something. Okay. Yeah. I can't really call on anything specific either. I'm trying to think, but I'm just going to say, regardless of what you think of the story, Metal Gear Solid 5's cutscenes are fucking top notch. Mm-hmm. They are probably the most cinematic cutscenes in any game ever. They look so good. Are they and like, they're all done in like one shot most of the time. Are they 40 minutes long and take up half the game? No. Um, Metal Gear Solid 4 did that. Mm-hmm. Metal Gear Solid 5 was the antithesis of 4 in that. It had too too much game and like too little story and cutscenes. Mm. So they simplified it. That's, that's kind of better. Yeah, but the cutscenes that are there look gorgeous, yeah. and I love it. I think oh, one of my favorite cutscenes is from this rhythm game. It's called Elite Beat Agents. It's about it's essentially you. Uh, people are in trouble, like something stupid, like oh no, I got to take care of some kids, and your cheerleader guys who are dressed like the Men in Black show up. And you, you cheer them on, and it's just this stupid, ridiculous, anime-ish comic book game. But the final cutscene, it just has them, like, all the people gathered together, like, uh, cheering for the Elite Beat Agents. And I thought it was, like, the most Gurren Logan-esque cutscene in a video game ever for a DS game. And I thought that was, like, really re- insane. Oh, my favorite cutscene is at the end of... In Super Mario Brothers, where he gets in the castle and the flag goes down and the fireworks go up. <laughs> That's my favorite cutscene. I wonder what's like the first cutscene ever. Like, it has to be just like the most I, simplistic thing. I think, I think the, it's that. I think what was first considered to be um, a cutscene was uh, the Ninja Gaiden cutscenes. I uh, think those were the first, like, quote unquote, cinematic cutscenes. Yeah, some of the first. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure there was something before that. Well, yeah, but that was, that was the m- most popular yeah. one. Yeah, they they work with their they work to their advantage of like be, being barely able to like move any make any new frames. One last question. I need something Jim Doctor. Question, what is your opinion on the short-lived animated series Whatever Happened to Robot Jones? I didn't even see that, but I saw Whatever Happened to Baby Jane and that's a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys have any theories like what happened to him? What happened to Robot Jones? Um, it was dismantled and sold for parts. Yep, sorry. Sorry, Jim Doctor. I mean, a long time ago, I asked the creator of Flapjack on his DeviantArt, like, in 2008, like, hey, what happened to Robot Jones? And the creator of Flapjack told me he's stoned in the park. Confirmed. Can you screenshot that? <laughs> oh, man, that's so long ago. I wish I did. Crap, that's awesome. I'm sure if you use, I'm sure you can go through your DeviantArt notes. No. I'm sure that, you know what, I bet you there's somebody who's who's right now scrolling through DeviantArt like a madman trying to find this thing. No, I, I tried looking for it, but like DeviantArt only saves so many uh, pages of, of comments on their main uh, profile, and it's like, no, there's, you just hit a wall where it's like, no, there's no more. It's gone forever. The proof that, that the creator Flapjack, the refined Orman, told me he's stoned in the park is gone. What a shame. It's over. Sorry. Yeah, so is this the end of the podcast? Bye. I'm, I guess it is. I'm, oh, was that a question? Is it? Is it? <laughs> is it? Is it? You guys done? Jim's ready for this to be over. I, I said bye, and then you were like, is this the end? I was like, oh, was I? that was a presumptive... Well, uh, bye. I guess this is the end of the podcast. I'm Pan Pizza. I'm Nolan. Yeah, next 
and I might release the top five Halloween hidden gems early this this Friday. Just do it. Cash in. Cash in, you faggot. Although I won't have anything for Tuesday, maybe, unless I do something else, but I'm really busy, so who knows? So goodbye, everyone. Bye. Play, play us out, Emily. When you're walking down the street and the man tries to take your business. And the people that you meet want to open you up like Christmas. You gotta wrap your fuzzy with a big red bow. Ain't no some bitch gonna treat me like a hoe. I'm a classy honey, kissy, huggy, lovey, dolly, ghetto princess. Cause you're filthy, oh!